Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Happy Apple event week. Uh, maybe we're going to get another Apple event coming up in October for iPads, right? That would be cool. I'm hoping so. Sounds like that's a real possibility. Uh, if you didn't realize I was not at this Apple event, uh, I have people ask me all the time, do you get invited? Why don't you get invited? You're one of the best Apple YouTubers. Why, why aren't you there? Why didn't you get to interview so-and-so? The answer is, I don't know. Not sure why I wasn't invited. Either way, I enjoyed watching the event, and if you're curious what I ordered, I'm gonna be telling you about that in a second. Uh, I'm also going to follow up the video that I just uploaded today on the feature that everybody's talking about, the new Dynamic Island on the 14 Pros. Uh, I made a video about why I think it's brilliant with three reasons, but I didn't talk about in that video any of the potential downsides, and I've heard of a few, so we're going to go over that here in the podcast as a follow-up, and who knows what else we're going to get into here. But let me start with a little story. I got my hair cut the other day, unfortunately, right after I recorded a video, so that's unfortunate. I always like to have a fresh haircut. Uh, there's something about when you style it versus, you know, your barber or whatever, uh, it just turns out different. So it would have been nice, didn't happen, but I'm in here and I get there a little bit early and you know the shop is like, it's like the guy and his wife, right? And they've got a little couch and so I come in and I sit on the couch, somebody's still getting their cut and he's like, oh yeah, well this is Chris over here. He's like a big YouTuber and it's like, first of all, I try to keep a really low profile because I don't consider myself a big YouTuber, right? Not even 500,000 subscribers yet, uh, getting close, but but, you know, and I don't like blare this out or put it on blast and let people know. So I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable and other people do it too. But he's like, yeah, he's got a big channel. And and as the guy starts asking questions and luckily didn't ask what the channel was. So I didn't have to say. But uh, as soon as somebody brings up, you know, YouTube, actually people are, are I find, way less interested in you and your channel uh, but they want to tell you about their favorite YouTube channels. And then, oh, it turns out whoever they you know look up to, and follow, they're like way bigger than your channel. So then you're like actually not very impressive anyways. <laughs> That's usually how that goes. But after the guy left, I was like, don't, don't be telling everybody about that. But anyways, let me tell you a little bit about the stuff that I pre-ordered. I'm not sure if you ordered anything. Uh, really, this for me, this was like a big blur, all this stuff. It was like, okay, I'm looking at the event. I'm taking some notes, and I actually had almost made an entire script before the event even hit on which I would say I was like 80 to 85% done with this script before the event even happened. I was going to help people compare, you know, which iPhone they should get, one of the new iPhones. And there's, there's some generic information I can basically plug in. This tells you the excitement level of the events, right, if there's so much that's the same. Uh, and I was just going to, you know, I had some spots where I needed to fill in some blanks, uh, but I haven't made that video because after the event hit, I just ended up making that first video that I did, my top 10 features uh, that were announced because there's some really interesting features that I want to pull out and highlight. What I mean by saying it's been such a blur for me is because you look at things differently. I feel like if I was just a normal you know, person who liked Apple stuff and not making content about it on a professional basis, you know, you enjoy it in a different way. You can just let it be and enjoy it or, or not like it and be a fan like, oh, that was great. Or, oh man, like, what did they do here? Why'd they do that? But now it's like, well, I need to overthink everything so that I can have some opinion to share. You know, it's not the same really as uh, if I was just a normal fan. But that said, I guess I'm a little out of touch in a way with what people are feeling about the new iPhones, for instance, because for me, and this is why I started the channel in the first place anyways, right? I 
get really excited about the littlest thing. So for me, it was like all still very exciting, not all, but a lot of it. And, you know, uh, it's like, I don't even stop to think like, well, maybe some people didn't really like this or maybe it wasn't all that exciting, you know, because I start seeing some of the comments after I get the videos out and people are like, well, I'm not going to upgrade because just nothing really grabbed me, didn't feel compelling. And then I remember like, oh, right. Not everybody, you know, finds every little thing so as exciting as I do. So the first thing that I ordered, obviously, and if, if you were following the same order, like, you know, things became available at different times. I ordered an Apple Watch first, and I did go with the Ultra this year, not just to test this thing out. I do want to test it out. I will be making some content on it because it does have some really cool features. Um, I'm kind of curious how funky it's going to look on my arm, much less other people's arms, because <laughs> the thing's enormous, right? Um, I tend to like a bigger watch anyways before you know, smartwatches were really a thing. You know, I just liked like a bigger size watch anyways. I just did. So I might end up really liking the size. And we've talked about screen sizes and stuff and how it makes a bigger difference uh, on the watch than it does on like your phone really before. We talked about all that before. But anyways, I got, um, so I got the Apple Watch with the cellular. You have to get the cellular if you get the Ultra. It's 49 millimeter, obviously, titanium, obviously. But I went with um, that orange Alpine loop and then I also got one of each of the other two new loops. I can't believe those things are 100 bucks each, 99 each, uh, for each of these crazy new Ultra bands, right? So I got the Ocean one, I got the Alpine one, whatever the other one is. Got them all, so I'm going to test those all out as well. When it comes to the iPhone, which is what I pre-ordered today along with the AirPods Pro, the second gen, um, I went with the 14 Pro Max this year. I went with the 512 gig option. Um, didn't feel like spending all that just for the one terabyte there. I usually get one terabyte on the iPad, you know, in case I want to do like some editing and don't want to carry around a, a drive or something. But I think 512 is still plenty for me to have the apps that I want, do the things that I want to do, and still record some really high quality video footage in 4K using Filmic um, and use this thing as an actual tool. I'm always talking about, hey, the tech is cool, but what about you know, it's just a tool. What are you going to do with it? Well, I do do some things with it, and that should give me enough there. And space gray this year, you know, like the purple is like the new thing. Even I just seen it go with the purple. <laughs> you know, you almost would expect that. Uh, and her reason had to do with the reflectiveness, I think, uh, of the camera bump or something. Um, I probably butchered that, but something camera related. For me, though, it's just been a while since I had a, a black iPhone. I had the, the blue one last year, the Pro and I wanted something different, also had the regular Pro last year, and I do this, I do this every time, people know, like, I I just can't help it, I, the grass is always greener for me when it comes to the size, smaller, bigger, uh, I'm going with the bigger this time, mostly, I just really want to make sure I maximize uh, the battery, number one, number two, uh, just for something different, <laughs> number three, there is no number three, That those are the reasons, so that's good, and then, of course, the AirPods Pro, now, Here's my crazy pre-order story, and I don't know what your pre-order went like if you tried today. Of course, pre-orders went live at 7 Pacific time, so it's always annoying when you have to figure out what's the time difference from where you live. Um, so I'm there. All my myriad reminders went off. You know, calendar reminder went off, uh, and I was sitting there ready, ready to refresh and get going. And I had Twitter open, too, because I have an Apple list on Twitter. I have lots of different lists on Twitter um, they're so useful to me. And, uh, anyways, I, I group people by all kinds of things, but my Apple list, you know, I pull that up during events or during times like this when I really want to see like something specific to something like this pre-order. And so I was seeing, and, and all of a sudden everyone's like, okay, it's live. 
and oh, I'm pre-ordering, here's my date, and all these things. Five minutes or something later, uh, finally the store refreshes for me. I don't know if this is a CDN issue, that's what people were saying, content delivery network issue or what, but in the middle of the country here, it took a while for the store to actually hit and open, and so here's the real crazy thing. Usually, I have a jump plan with T-Mobile, which means I set this up a long time ago with a couple of phones uh, back when I was doing you know, not just Apple stuff. It was covering like Android stuff and whatever. And I was going to have new phones like all the time to talk about or whatever. And that was going to make it more affordable back in the day when I couldn't just buy it. And, uh, you know, every month or whatever. And so I was on the jump plan, which lets you upgrade, you know, pretty, pretty frequently, pretty often, but it's like this lease program and it's good. I can trade it in and, and whatever. It's a little bit slower when it comes to like getting my iPhone usually, uh, because you have to, you know, like, call it in and, and, you know, do the whole thing this year. I was like, no, I'm just going to buy myself out of those leases and, uh, just buy it straight from Apple and just kind of get off of that old system. This is the first year for the iPhones that I went through the pre-order process because, you know, if you haven't done it yet, Apple lets you go in, enter in all your selections that you want, put in your payment information and basically save that cart so that when it comes time to pre-order today, it was at seven Pacific. You just go in, and hit a button and you're done. It checks you out. You don't have to go through the selection because the time in between when you when it opens and if you sit there and make all the selections right when it opens, your shipping day is going to slip by like weeks, uh, if not a month or more. So I was like, okay, this is the year. Get off that jump plan. You know, it's a pain, but I'm just going to do it. So I did all that, but I used the wrong card. It was not the business card. I forget, I forget what the problem was. And so... Uh, I realized that and this morning I went to change that, but I couldn't because the store was already down, which was a, a pain. That was annoying. So uh, <laughs> even though I had planned ahead, uh, I should know this, right? Chris, Apple dude. Uh, even though I planned ahead, I ended up being one of those people who had to enter everything in right then, right when it opened. And yeah, I, I got a ridiculously, almost embarrassingly late shipping date for my iPhone and for the AirPods for somebody who covers Apple stuff. But nevertheless, I'm glad it's on the way. And honestly, these days, um, you know, it's been a while since I checked in with the state of everybody else doing Apple stuff. You know, it's weird, like uh, Renee Ritchie, who came on the scene in, in the YouTube space after me, he's basically moved on from doing, you know, Apple stuff. It was weird to not see him. He, he who, of course, I met for the first time at an Apple event. It was one of the people uh, being kind of from the old school press side of things. Um, who introduced me to a bunch of people and kind of showed me around really nice. And it's just weird that he's not really doing the videos anymore because, of course, he took that job at YouTube. But I, and you know, I don't see, I don't watch a whole lot of content from other creators much. I think I've talked about that before because there was this musician that I interviewed a long time ago and I was more into music stuff. And he was like, oh, yeah, I don't listen to a lot of people because I don't want to be influenced by them. I want to be really unique, do my own thing. And I've kind of taken that same approach uh, for my Apple content. But every now and then, I, I you know, I go around and see like what's new, what are, what are people doing, and uh, so I saw Renee had this video about uh, how he wasn't going to do tech reviews because the whole thing's like broken now. We're talking about embargoes and all these different things. And anyways, it's just weird. And, and my point was that I'm circling back to is you know like you, you don't really even me somebody like me who knows basically what there is to know. I don't even have to have a device in my hands to really talk about stuff um, necessarily uh, so much in an intelligent way, give an opinion at least because I have some judgment and experience within the space, I guess. So it's not going to end up mattering all that much uh, that I get it like 
two weeks later than everybody else. It's funny though, because you know, if you've thought it, somebody else has thought something too, right? And uh, speaking of things changing in the tech space, you know, MKBHD launched his new channel, the autofocus channel, and uh, it's just going to be about car stuff. And he said, you know, my advice to people starting out is always just like, use your phone. So that's what I'm going to do as MKBHD. I'm going to just use my phone um, to film this stuff on this channel. And uh, I think he's using the iPhone 13. So that'll be the, the new iPhone, I'm sure here. But I have thought about that multiple times, uh, whether or not I could switch to like you know, cause I do like a five cam multi cam setup, you know, in the studio sometimes depending on how many angles that I need. And I have thrown an iPhone in there sometimes as one of the angles It matches the colors and stuff pretty good. And you know, uh, it's not as good if you want like depth of field and stuff, but whatever, you, you know, you can make it a usable angle. I've thought before, like, can I have like four iPhones or five iPhones down there and get away with that and, and make something usable and cool. And I don't know if I'm quite there yet. Um, I think I could make some, I mean, I, it's not a question of, can you, Technically, I could, but would it be as good or better than if I can use something with interchangeable lenses and get more depth of field if needed or whatever? But I've thought about it, and one of these years, I think I will head in that direction. Of course, the setup I have right now is great, and it works. It's usable, and I'd hate to throw away all that money. The benefit, though, is that you could do something like, like similar to what I've done for, I don't know, like a fourth of the price or something if you just use iPhones. But of course, the, the big thing for me is always like low-light performance. Every year that gets a little bit better, even for the wide angle this year. So very interested to see that. There's lots of little features I want to dive into. So like, you know, I just did this video uh, today on just the dynamic island, diving into that. Maybe I'm going to do some more on like for some of the other features for the watch, for the AirPods, you know, uh, go a little bit more in depth, think a little more deeply than I think a lot of channels are because there is something to that. Like, you know, everyone does the same unboxing now. Everyone does basically the same view. Everyone does the same day in the life kind of stuff. So there's definitely room to differentiate, that's for sure. Okay, speaking of that dynamic island, let's talk about what some of the potential cons might be. So I, I'm assuming everyone listening to this podcast already knows what the dynamic island is. If you don't, if you missed the event, if you've been hiding under a rock, uh, how can you even consider yourself an Apple fan if you don't know what the dynamic island is at this point? But that's neither here nor there. I'll just say it's, you know, uh, they got rid of the, the old notch shape for the 14 pros and they've got kind of this pill cut out up at the top. So it's kind of floating there at the top of the screen. And instead of just, you know, an uninhabited little space there, it's an inhabited island uh, where your information can come and it's interactive. It morphs, it grows, it shrinks. Um, it shows alerts and, and different uh, kind of controls for like your music and stuff. Uh, when it expands, it's really interesting. And it's just so funny. I'll say it again, how Apple managed to turn something that basically everyone would consider a con that just like a space that would be dead space up there hiding the camera array into something that's not just something that people would consider a pro, but something they would be willing to pay extra for. That's crazy. Very creative, very clever. And it has some definite benefits, which the video went into in a lot of depth. So you can check that out if you want to know the benefits. But I've seen some people talking about some potential cons, only three that I can come up with at the moment, potential cons. And the first one is probably the most obvious. And I'll probably end up testing this stuff, maybe making an actual video about it once I get my hands on this, right? But the first one would be just reachability. So it's really cool that you get all this uh, information. And when it's just an alert, or something and it lives up there at the top of the screen you don't need to you know reach up there with your thumb and, and interact with it but 
if you do want to tap it and get into the music controls, for instance, or do some airdrop stuff or whatever it is that you can do that you would need to tap it and interact with, you know, then it's all the way at the top of the screen. And if you have either, well, I guess it's not on the, the regular iPhones yet. So if you have the Pro and it's you have the Max, the huge size, maybe that reachability is going to be an issue, a bit of an issue. You know, there's a reason why Apple moved things like the notifications on the lock screen down to the bottom, right? Yes, it gets out of the way of like widgets and whatever your photo is. Um, but also, it's right by your thumb down there, those notifications on the new lock screen for iOS 16. That's a, a definite plus. That's a benefit. But when your dynamic uh, island is way up at the top and it's tied to the hardware because there's a pill there, there's a camera that's being camouflaged and disguised in the first place, you know, obviously that can't slide down. The software can slide down, but the camera can't slide down. I don't know. It's going to remain to be seen if reachability ends up being a pain there. Now, that's probably going to be uh, like a small issue if it is an issue at all. But I'm sure Apple did some testing there. And I assume that's part of the reason why the thing grows, right? So if you look at the music controls, for instance, I'm just going off of some of the stuff that I saw. Well, the music controls, you know, the thing expands, the pill expands to get pretty big. And by the time the controls are on the screen, they're like almost halfway down the phone, you know, so that actually ends up being more usable. So when people have these snap judgments, and the reason I'm even bringing this up is because I saw a bunch of comments. Well, what about reachability? Reachability um, for the stuff that needs to be reachable. I'm wondering if Apple very cleverly has put it further down the screen anyway. So that it's basically not going to be an issue. I don't know. Now, that's for the controls. But if you need to activate those controls by tapping the thing in the first place, the pill, the island up at the top, well, sure. You know, you, you there's no way around it. You got to reach up there. The second potential con that I've seen people talking about is, and apparently this came from somebody who was at the event. Um, some commenters were telling me, but uh, you know, the island it's housing the camera, your face ID camera, and some other stuff. Well, if you're tapping it, well, what are you actually doing? You're tapping on that camera area there, and is that going to end up kind of smudging it, and uh, you know, I don't know, greasing it up or something? Uh, I don't know. It, putting in some specs on your stuff. The, the answer is probably at, to some extent. Um, I know a lot of people go around with like grime on their back camera just from it being in their pocket and stuff. I've seen it. And, you know, the lenses sort of like look through that stuff. Anyway, it's almost like when you look through a screen door, you know, if there's something like a little speck on your lens, it has to be pretty, pretty big or, you know, just positioned in the, the right place to actually show up and be annoying. Not every little speck shows up in your photos, right? If you have a dirty lens. So it's just the nature of the thing, right? You're going to get it somewhat smudged and dirty if you're touching it. Yes. Is it going to totally and completely ruin everything? Probably not. I think this is probably a, an overblown complaint, but we'll see though. Again, Apple had to have tested this thing um, very extensively uh, before they actually launched it. So one thing's for sure. I'm sure it's not unusable, right? Or they wouldn't have launched this thing. Uh it might be a small gripe, if it's a gripe at all. The third thing, and this is actually the thing I've seen the most people complaining about, which is funny because nobody has it yet, but they're just going off of the marketing material and what they've seen, and that would be that they don't like the way that it looks. Many people, they say they don't, they, they like it even less than the old notch when they're watching uh, or when there's full screen video content going on. You know, I'm just thinking about what it would look like on one of my videos. You know, most of the actual action, whether it's me talking or whatever I'm showing, ends up being centered most of the time. And even if it's not centered, you know, I do often use the rule of thirds, uh, which is still going to end up placing your main subject 
more towards the center than to the side where that pill is going to be. So, um, I, you know, it's like a visual thing. It's, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb in certain situations. Uh, but is it going to ruin your video content? Probably not, you know, and probably you'll end up just ignoring it, looking past it after a while, probably after a day and a half or two. Um, most people will probably just kind of get used to it and, and it won't be a big deal. Now, the real question is, is it uh, any of these things and anything that I haven't even mentioned, you know, that could be a potential con, are they deal breakers? Like, and I asked this in the video, right? How do you know if this is a gimmick or an actual innovation? We'll ask this question. Would you rather have the dynamic island or not? And I think the vast majority of people from the responses that I've seen would rather have it. So do the potential cons outweigh the pros? Probably not. That's what I, I'm guessing before I even get into it. I'm not sure uh, if you've been to Apple's website today because if you just ordered, pre-ordered your stuff on the store, then, uh, I'm sorry, on the mobile app, the Apple app, um, then you didn't see what was on the homepage today. Of course, uh, Queen Elizabeth II died recently, and Apple has um, an, a memorial image up there, kind of like they did with Steve Jobs, um, for her, which is really interesting. Somebody made, I think it was Stephen Robles, uh, put up a tweet that showed Apple's homepage versus Microsoft's homepage versus somebody else's homepage. Apple's the only one that has this image up, which was unexpected. I wasn't expecting them to, but it's cool. I mean, it's, uh, it's a nice homage there. I still have the screenshot from, uh, you know, very similar looking black and white, uh, homepage on the Apple store from when Steve died. So it's just kind of interesting. You should probably pop over there and check it out sometime today, just so you can say that you saw it, maybe take a screenshot, but it's interesting that Apple would put this up there because this is right after their event and they're not promoting the new iPhone on the homepage. This is the prime real estate. They're not promoting the new Apple watches right on the homepage, not promoting the new AirPods. You know, they're, they're doing this thing out of respect here. That's pretty remarkable. You know, they know they're going to sell uh, a ton of that stuff anyways. And to be able to just say, no, you know, we can afford to do this. Interesting. Okay, last but not least, to wrap this episode up, I'm going to give the podcast listeners some inside information on one of my other new side projects. So, of course, I'm working on the productivity course. You guys already know I put up some wallpapers and some other stuff. Something I'm really excited about uh, is a motivational wall art uh, business that I'm trying to get launched here. I should say it's very Apple-focused, very Apple-focused. If you're an Apple fan, you should really love uh, what I'm up to. So when I say wall art, I'm not going to give away the whole thing yet, but, um, you know, your, your home office or your actual office, it's kind of an extension of your desk setup, right? And people go to great lengths to make their desk setup really cool. And this is kind of an extension of that. I'm so excited for it. Um, been doing some designs, uh, and stuff and it's going to be so good, but I'm learning a lot about, um, what it takes to actually put together physical products and, uh, and launch an online store, uh, you know, that's not just digital products. And it's definitely been a learning curve. And, you know, cause I want something that's going to be, no, nobody else is doing something like this, um, especially in the tech space here. And, uh, so there's, there's no blueprint to follow anything. You're just kind of blazing the trail here. There's just a lot of things to learn. It's one of those things where it's like, you, you have this idea and, and you get started on it, but once you get down, you know, into the the dirt of the thing and you start digging around, 
it's almost like one of those things. Where it's like I wouldn't have started it almost if I'd have known all the hassles, all the hurdles. Now I don't think I actually wouldn't have done it had I known because I really want to make this happen and nothing is going to stop me, which is my usual mentality when it comes time to do something related, you know, to the business. Uh, I just won't be stopped. That's the reason why I'm a YouTuber and why I've lasted this long when other people burn out. A lot of people want to do it uh, and and they see that they want like what they view as fame or success or whatever, uh, but they're not willing to put in the five years toiling in obscurity, right, to get there to where they even have like 10,000 subscribers or something uh, before they can even grow. So, but, but yeah, I mean, um, just grit, determination, making sure it happens. That's the stage I'm at right now because I... I have this great grand vision of what I want to do. And in my head, it seemed really simple, but the logistics are pretty interesting. So I'm up to that. Uh, you know, hopefully we can expect an announcement on that uh, in a couple of weeks, maybe, hopefully sooner than that. Um, it's just a matter of, I, I, you know, whenever I get everything all set up, the, the back end and logistics and all the stuff connected up, then it's time to order some samples, make sure that everything looks really good, want some really high quality stuff that, People will be proud to hang up, number one, feel good about ordering, number two, and that I'll be proud of shipping out and feel good about people having up on their walls. If it's going to be associated with me and what I'm doing, um, want it to look and be, in reality, amazing. So I'm up to that. Uh, look out for an announcement sometime soon. Of course, after this, uh, Fridays are both podcast and newsletter days. So the newsletter is going to be coming out shortly now that the podcast is done and I can include it in there for people to know uh, about. So if you're not signed up for that, um, check out the links in the show notes so you can get signed up. It automates your uh, app and accessory discovery, which is two of the things that people just have loved about the channel over the years. And, you know, uh, I often just sit there accumulating these things and haven't had an outlet to share them except for in the occasional video here and there. And so this is a way for people to stay up to date on what are the cool apps and accessories that are coming out um, closer to when they actually come out than, you know, three months later when I make a video about it, right? And there's plenty of stuff that I will never cover in a video anyways that show up in the newsletter. So don't miss out, basically. All right. If you made it this far, thanks for hanging out. Um, this is great hanging out. And uh, I look forward to hanging out with in the next video. Later.